0: Welcome to Life Planning 101, brought to you by Kennedy Financial Services in Eastland, Texas. Tune in every week as we share important information to help you and your family live life on purpose. Insurance, investments, legacy and tax planning, and much more, all covered now on Life Planning 101.
1: Hello, everybody. We're here with another episode of Black and White Market Chatter on Life Planning 101. Matt, Urban, and Aaron Kennedy sitting in the Eastland office. Uh, talking about what's going on in the market. This is our longer episode, Aaron, so we're going to take some time to unfold a few things today. And and so uh, tell us what you're thinking. Let's start to unpack this. All
2: right. So, you know, usually when I talk economics, I try to get a bigger picture. You know, I think it's easier. If we talk a little bit about extremes, you know, and how things work, I'm not really good at talking to the penny and that, and that kind of thing. But if we can get an idea what's happening from a 1,000 foot up or 10,000 foot up, all of this stuff starts to make sense. And, you know, we really look at trends and which way the market's going, not at a specific price point of when things will change. I like how you said that. Let's unpack this and, and see how this should play out.
1: Well, one thing I want to I touch on right here is that so many folks, even the people in the news, get caught up in the, what's the unemployment data today? tomorrow and it does not matter what to your point it's the trends over time you know the flows of things and how they correlate one month over the next and the general change so i want to just help ease people's minds with it doesn't matter what it looks like today
2: right i love that so when we're talking economics we're talking about what happened yesterday already already and when we're investing we're investing for tomorrow so try to take what happened yesterday and extrapolate that out and that's how you get a lot of wrong answers. <laughs> right. Yes. That's why so,
1: timing the market's impossible.
2: That's why timing the market isn't impossible. So, first thing I want to talk about is the energy. There's lots of things out there that this is the reason why we're having inflation or this is what's wrong or anything. But the 800 pound gorilla is the price of energy. And just think of how powerful that is. You know, if you want to go to work, what are you using? Oil, gas. Oil. What if you buy a gallon of milk? Just the plastic container. Oil. Okay. Everything getting to the grocery store. Oil. You know, it's so intertwined in all of our economy. You know, high energy costs are going to drive prices higher for everything. So, you know, it doesn't really matter what the Fed does doesn't really matter what other areas you really try to fix this is the first this is the building block this is the base of the triangle that we really need to to wrap our hands around and get fixed and guess what guys it's not a demand problem there's not five times the amount of airplanes in the sky there's not three times the amount of trucks on the road you know we, we didn't grow into this problem you know Business is not booming so much, we don't have enough oil to go around. We don't have enough oil in the refineries. We're not pulling enough oil out of the ground. This is a supply problem, right. big time supply problem. And that, that's gonna be the hardest thing to unwind. Because here's the beautiful thing about capitalism. Once we run into supply problems and prices start going up because there's not enough things out there It brings in competition. That's right. And it usually brings in a lot of competition. Everybody wants to make money. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, there's a lag time with energy, you know, you you can't just go up and throw up a refinery in in three months and be done with it. So there there is, is a lag there. But you know, going back to our big picture statement: high margins, high revenues, it welcomes competition, and that's gonna bring more people to the marketplace, you know, to fix supply. So then what's the other side of that coin? Demand. Demand. Once we get the supply fixed and we're, everybody's black with oil, you know, we have to be able to use it. I mean, kind of think, think about retail. You know, there's no TJ Maxx, there's no Ross for oil. So if we have all this extra inventory you know we can't just push it down to the next store. that price has to come down until it's used because right. we store it right. but that's so, that's just a cost well it's really easy
1: i heard it explained so well the other day you know when you think supply demand curve it's like i want to create so much demand for my widget so i had a certain pricing point and as you you know as you increase the price or lower the price, whatever that is, it it adjusts the demand for that. Well, with all of the money that was poured into the economy, now everybody's budget changed. Well, based on my new budget, although extremely temporary due to government aid, with my new budget, I can now afford to eat out three times a week, or buy my kids new sneakers, or buy that new car, or buy the new laptop. So these companies were not prepared from a quantity standpoint right and that's what's driving it when we talk about not enough supply all the time but when we really extrapolate it to like the things that we touch you know uh, iPads cell phones what you know anything we all use something as a device and so right. it's easy to help kind of make sense of that because oil gets a little complicated right because there's so many things that go in from pumping it out of the ground and then how does it get to the refinery and then oh by the way it's turned into gas or the milk jug you're t- there's so many you know, it's such an intricate system.
2: Yeah, but you nailed it, and I think we really need to to talk about this in a few minutes. But that consumer, with all the aid that we received, uh, you know, we have the strongest consumers walking into any recession ever, you know? So, you know, it's super confusing that uh, things are are like they are, and it's hard to put a label on them, but I I think everybody can go outside and look around and say things aren't right. You know, but the consumer still strong right. and it is elevating us above a point that's kind of hard to believe at this time. Right. But it can't really last. It can't last forever. Right. And, and we're probably getting stretched
1: yep. right we're, about now. With that, let's take a quick break, Aaron. Uh, we'll come right back with you here on Black and White Market Chatter on Life Planning 101. We go back for segment number two of today's episode of Black and White Market Chatter on Life Planning 101. And we were just talking about how people are starting to feel that stretch. You know, some more than others, right? But it's
2: it's starting to get a little bit hurtful or harmful to the budget. Yeah, yeah. So let's get back to this the consumer. Let, let's think about all the weird things that took place through COVID. You know, first is the uh, uh what's what's the brokerage of Robin Hood. Yeah, yes. so much money. Vegas is shut down, so people with no means or education to to be taking the kind of risk they did were investing like rock stars during this time.
1: Extra money. They found a way to spend it, didn't they? Yeah.
2: Think about, uh, I'm probably going to give it shot by my son, but what was it, the Xbox or the PlayStation or whatever it is where people were just buying them off the shelf and then turn around and trying to sell them uh, secondhand? You know, there's a huge black market for those video game systems and shoes. And people had more money than they they knew what to do with. And we're still experiencing that. The money's gotta go somewhere. And the consumer has been out of this world strong. But this isn't the first or second month that we've been going through this. We're starting to get pinched a little bit. You know, how long, honestly, how long can you go where it costs you a hundred dollars a month or a week to fill up your gas and if, if it's not a hundred so I got a truck so
1: I have a car yeah. my commutes a hundred okay so that that's a fact yeah so just think three times because that's about what it is for me is about three times my fuel
2: costs yeah um, of what it was even that that's what fifteen hundred two thousand dollars extra a year right for the same thing and um
1: You've seen food prices and lunch prices
2: and yeah. grocery prices. So I don't know about you, but I've got kids in college now, but uh, we used to spend 300 to 400 a week when I, when I had all, all my kiddos at home. And, oh my God, there's an extra $7,000.
1: Right?
2: Thank God I got them kicked out, but that's a lot of extra money. Right. You look at people that are buying homes right now. Um, this is kind of crazy. I heard this stat, the average... Home size in America now is four hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Wow! I, I, and what's average income? Somewhere around sixty-five. There's I'm a mismatch sure. there, guys. Something's wrong. But but anyways, just on an interest rate system, uh, going from you know two point eight to the low fives right now, that's another seven thousand, eight thousand dollars a year in interest. Not your principal payments, interest. So we've just run off twenty-five, thirty-five thousand dollars worth of extra cost, and this is all taking place now.
1: And this is not this, this is, is not um, extra expenses. This is not discretionary spending. This is yeah. core. This is I got to have a car. I got to have a home. You know, I got to have certain things. I have groceries. These are not things like extra vacations or anything. It's this is the core stuff.
2: Right. And you know, I've, I've heard some some chatter say, well, maybe your employer can just pay you more. The weird thing is, the employer's going through the same thing. They still have to turn off their lights or turn on their lights, which Mm -hmm. is 20 to 30% more expensive. They have to get to work. They have to put the fuel in their trucks to drive out. You know, they got to buy the supplies. So where's all this going to come from? And, you know, not from a consumer, but from the whole system itself, we're going to have to start making decisions. What's the most important thing? How do we keep the doors open? How do I keep food in my kids' belly? Boy, be in Europe right now and worry about staying warm this winter. If they shut the gas off, that's right. Oh my gosh. Right. You know? There's a whole lot of going on. And yes, the consumer's being strong, but we're we're getting to the point now we're choosing to go to work and pay that extra fuel cost instead of buying the, the newest Air Jordans. Maybe I let my iPhone uh, get two or three models old before I change because it's just not as important to me as staying warm in the winter. That's right. You know, so replacement uh, substitutes—it's gonna get big, and even though we may not feel or visually see the pain right now, it's coming, and it's probably gonna probably gonna go slower than we think at the beginning until it becomes the norm. And then you're going to look around and say, what the heck just happened? That's right. (laughs) It's going to sneak up on you.
1: Well, And it it feels different, right? Because the last relatable experience that most people have is is in 2020 when it was really a a V-shaped recovery. We were talking about the same things. You know, staples are important. Electric companies are important. You know, those are the things that, that hold up. Relatively speaking, in, in tougher times, and we were talking about those things, but it was a very short, short window, and now it could be
2: much longer. And yeah. you know, and I, I think we've been we've been beating on this for a long time, but we, you want to own things that can produce an income: real estate, utilities, like you said, factories, uh, mines. Okay. Those things typically go up with the inflation rate. And I think we have to change our mindset of, hey, we're not trying to hit a home run, Darren, here. We wanna survive past inflation. Right. No, that, that came out really, really wrong, you know, but, but we just wanna keep up with our purchasing power. Right. and we need to own things that can do
1: that when you said it great was it last week or so we were on our uh the market minute if you will the short version it's time to get our list together it's really time to start looking at our short list of things that we want to own look for that opportunity look to jump on it
2: absolutely and it, it's pretty neat you know the market's pretty broad and and depending on whether you, you're you a growth investor, which means you're buying companies that you think will continue to grow earnings or sales or whatever, or you're a value investor or you try to pick up companies that are below what you think they're worth. On sale. Right? On sale, yeah. yeah. Uh, value investors are buying right now. They're starting to see uh, good values. I mean, that's important. These are usually polar opposite ideas. So if somebody's buying, the other one's selling, and right now we're seeing the cheap guys starting to buy. And it's a great mentality to have because we always want to buy things when they're on sale. And it, it doesn't just pertain to stocks. It pertains to everything. So if you can have that list ready to go and be looking for things, you know, you're, you're going to do well. You're really going to do well. But it's it's a different mindset. Yeah. Well, Aaron,
1: let's take our last break right here quick on a Black and White Market Chatter on Life Planning 101. We'll be right back with you. Here we are for the third and final segment of Black and White Market Chatter on Life Planning 101. and we're, we're talking about preparing for the shortlist and looking for the good things and, and just being
2: ready here. Yes. Last thing I wanted to kind of throw out there before we jump into what, what we kind of see in the cycle is, I, I think the last, last time one of our political people stood up and they were talking about energy, they said that they needed to, we need to be driving more towards green energy. I don't think anybody looks out there and says, that's not the wave of the future. That's a foregone conclusion. Mm -hmm. We're going to have green energy, yes. Don't know whether it's going to be. Solar, wind, hydrogen, it doesn't matter. We're going there. Technology is improving too fast. We're going to get it. But it's just, it's not today, guys, and it shouldn't really be part of the conversation. Well, you know, to that big of a degree. Think back to the late 80s and early 90s. You know, the beginning of the um, cell phones. Remember the bag phones? Right. You know, they were ungodly expensive. Service was horrible, and the minutes killed you. You know, mm-hmm. it, was, it was expensive to use. What if our government came out and said, this is the wave of the future. Everybody has to use the cell phones now. The, the back bag phones. phones? What, would, what would have happened? Even though it was so clear, that's the wave of the future. You know, it would have been devastating. Our communication would have gone to nothing overnight. And it does change, you know, just looking back. I remember having the buy minutes. Just think about the airplanes. Remember, uh, we went from uh, ashtrays to phones on the back of the the chair to TVs on the back of the chair, and now you get a plug and you can do everything on your phone. Right. You know, technology advances. We're going to get there, but we have to have an honest conversation of keeping us productive until we can you know and right now it's just not viable and uh it's a talking point that is it's being wasted right Mm -hmm. now it's not it's not something that is a solution at all
1: well it's a political issue uh because really they're looking at what 2030 2035 you've heard a lot of these car companies come out and say that's their that's their forecast you know that's not 2022 today with oil prices at their current form so So to your point, they're not going to shut the world down and start handing out electric cars. And although they're being encouraged with things so expensive, batteries are expensive,
2: right? How does the the last numbers I saw California has to produce 30% more electricity to do that? How are they going to do that with all the rolling blackouts? They don't have enough energy to take care of the people right now. And they're going to want 30% more with the green energy that...
1: Sunny California. <laughs> yeah, cloudy
2: days won't work. There you go. Non-windy days won't work. What are they going to do? You know, we've really got to we got to put our heads around this because this this is the way of the future, and I'm really excited about all of this. But we can't hurt ourselves trying to get there. You right. know, that's definitely not the most efficient way. Well
1: and that should give us some hope, right? Yes. Because, yeah, because um, we're going to get there. Now. Because oil and gas is not going away for the, for the current fall, and no. so. But with that, we still got a pricing problem.
2: Yes, we do. Okay, so that's that's really it on it. So what what are we looking for, and what do we kind of see, going forward in the, sh- short term? Um, you know, market wise, uh, I was having a conversation earlier today. I don't, I don't think we're that far off from a turning point, because we we are forward looking. And as soon as people get the idea that we're actually looking for solutions, we'll start pricing it in. And uh, we got a whole lot of elections coming forward in November, uh, big ones, and we're just going to keep going from there depending on what happens. But we're in a point where nothing is really making sense economically or in the market from what the Fed's really trying to do. So looking at it from that standpoint, Fed's going to raise interest rates too much. It's just going to happen. They've come out. They're going to slow demand. Last quarter was our first drop in in GDP. So if we have another one this time, uh, you know, that's technically a recession. Uh, I've seen numbers of 0.4 growth uh, to one. And I think we were about negative one last quarter. So, I mean, we're right there. And even if we're we're flat this quarter and and down next quarter, I think everybody understands that we're in in a recession now. Uh, Regardless of your definition, things just are not working well. The Fed is gonna drive interest too high. And at some point we need to start putting protection or let me just put duration on our portfolios. So duration is a risk term for bonds or CDs of how much your portfolio moves with 1% interest rate moves. So, for example, a 20-year treasury bond has a duration of about 20. I think it's like 18 and a half, something like that. Think about this. If I bought a 20-year treasury today and I paid 4%, interest rates go up to 5% tomorrow. You know, guess what? I'm going to lose 1% a year for the next 20 years. I mean, that is very simplified back of the neck i just want to want you all to think about how that works right so my 20-year treasury would drop 20 percent overnight or it would have to drop that much so the next person that bought it would make up that interest so that's with interest rates going up interest rates going back down you know it's the same thing it's a teeter-totter right? right
1: it's opposite effect
2: if i buy the four and interest rates drop the three i make 20 percent tomorrow you know, so this is good protection because most of the time when uh, the market is burning, you know, everybody gets safe and everybody goes to, to treasuries. So I, I think they're running three eight, three six. We talked about that earlier today. Yeah. And, you know, just not too long ago, they were just a shade over one. So if we get back to where we were, that's about a 45 to 60 percent growth on those those treasuries. Anyways. Once we get a handle that the Fed cannot raise interest rates too much, we can't pick the bottom. I have no globe, no uh, crystal ball, no crystal ball. But we are going to get to the point where it's going to be very uh, challenging for the Fed to uh, raise interest rates anymore. Probably going to put that protection on, you know. And then if nothing happens, fantastic. I'll make four and a half percent, five percent for a little while. But if the market takes a hiccup, that is that is just wonderful buying power for the future. And we've already got our list of things that we want to be buying. And, you know, we're putting together a plan of when to go back in. And this is an exciting time.
1: And and one of the things you said today I think it's important to touch on is you said there's that momentum index, and it is making a shift. Oh, yeah. And that's a good indicator to keep in mind. There's no single one to look at. It is a combination of multiple, but that is one that we watch to see where is the money flowing. Right, which helps support what we've been talking about. And then we always want to be ahead of that, right? Right.
2: What Matt's talking about is uh, one of the the momentum indexes we look at. Momentum is just buying stocks that have been working, either for six months or 12 months or 18 months, just what has been working. You know, during hot times, you know, when things are going gangbusters, uh, you look in there and uh, super aggressive companies. Companies that don't have any earnings, but it's a dream. Think Facebook in their... uh, Early days. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, that's not the case right now. Right now, it's loaded up with energy and utilities and and healthcare. And typically, where the market goes, once those momentum indexes are so safe, they're running about 70% of the market, usually that's the turning point. And it's showing up. Right. We're not 70% yet because it's got a lot of energy but it is getting safer and we're out of all those pipe dream companies so lots of things are changing and we're seeing lots of things so Yep. Keep your head up. This I mean this yep. is really exciting. We yep. just gotta get through it.
1: We're getting in the starting block, staying on our toes. You know, we talked about Absolutely. that. Absolutely. There you gotta go. Gotta stay ready.
2: So um, gotta put your spikes on.
1: Gotta put lace it up. We're, yes, we're in we're in for it. Yes. So that's that's great. And Aaron, we're actually short on time, so we gotta get going for today. But look for us again next week on our shorter version of our weekly podcast, The Market Minute. But for today that wraps us up. Black and white market chatter, Matt Urban and Aaron Kennedy right here on Life Plane One O One.
2: There you. Go. God bless.
0: Thank you for joining us for Life Planning 101, brought to you by Kennedy Financial Services. If you have questions, you can email them to lifeplanning at kennedy-financial.com. Don't forget to learn how our sister company can assist you with all of your tax, bookkeeping, and consulting needs. You can find out more at briscoeandassociates.com. Be sure to tune in next week for more Life Planning 101. Securities offered through Calton and Associates Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA SIPC, Investment Advisory Services offered through Smart Money Group LLC, Kennedy Financial Services and Smart Money Group LLC are separate entities and are not owned or controlled by Calton and Associates Incorporated.